Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Carriker and Smallman. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues Booth. The Blues Booth is brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. When it's time for new flooring in your home, Real Wood provides the best long-term value. Boardwalk has great floors for every home. Visit our three area showrooms and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. The great Joey Vitale is with us on 101 ESPN. He is our blues analyst on St. Louis Blues Hockey when they're playing. But you don't have to only talk hockey with Joey Vitale, which is what makes him great because he's curious about everything. He knows a lot. He's a renaissance man, and he's a lot of fun. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, Randy. You know, I'm doing good. Uh, I was thinking about that word. You said curious. You know, uh, curious like a cat or curious like a kid. I was a hockey Yesterday, and I'm watching these kids play. I'm coaching these kids at Kirkwood. And, you know, I think I just love being around these kids because of that word you just said. They're, they're so curious. And I think as adults, we could, we could kind of tap into that curiosity. You know, you know, when you're born, you're born into this world. I always like looking at, like, eight-month-old babies or one-year-old babies. They're in their mom's arms, and they just they look right. They look left. They're, they're, their mouths are open. They, they keep going back and forth. Everything's amazing them. A tree, a light, a book. Uh, you know, a stove, anything, right? And then, and as we get older, we kind of lose that curiosity. And I think that's what is awesome about kids and why people love kids, because we can kind of tap in to that curiosity to, to some degree. It, it's funny, I was walking down the street the other day, I was walking by myself, and I walked past this adult, and I didn't really acknowledge the adult, right? We don't really acknowledge other adults. But then I walked past this mom with a little girl, and I smiled and I waved at the little girl. Now, why do we do that? It's, it's amazing. It's like we, we, we want to kind of reconnect with our childhood. So maybe, maybe that's the lesson for today. Why don't we all go do that a little bit? It would be a good thing. I just read a book called In Awe by John O'Leary, St. Louisan, who is a motivational speaker. And he has some great studies about how when asked to solve a problem, five-year-olds do a much, much better job than adults, 35, 45 50-year-olds simply because they're so open-minded and they're willing to think outside the box to try to solve a problem, whereas we have our ways. If if we're trying to fix something, we already have it set in our mind how it should be fixed. For a five-year-old, they're looking for new creative ways to fix things. Randy and Michelle, to your point, Randy, why are manhole covers, you know, sewer lids on, on the street, why are they circular? That's a great question. I why guess. are they circular? Why aren't they square? Why aren't they triangles? Why aren't they rectangles? Manholes you see on the street, why are they circular? I'm asking you because Harvard did a study. They asked a group of 2,000 five-year-olds this question, and they asked a group of 2,000 Harvard grads this question, and the five-year-olds got more of them right 
than the Harvard grads, to your point, Randy. So the question is, the manholes on the streets, they're circular. Why are they circular? They're, they're circular for a reason. I would say because if they're a manhole cover that the human body is going to fit better within a circle than it is a square or a, or a triangle. Michelle, anything? I'm trying to think. Is it because it's easier to drill down in a circular motion? Wrong and wrong. Hmm. Manhole covers are circular because they can't fall through. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ah. So if you have a square manhole and you turn it like diagonally, it'll fall right to the bottom, right? But no matter which way you turn a circular lid, it will never fall down the bottom. So Harvard asked 2,000 Harvard grads this question, and I want to say like 4 or 5% got them right. And they asked the same question to a group of five-year-olds, and I think like 25 or 30%, my numbers are a little skewed there, but a much majority of the five-year-olds got it over the Harvard grads. So uh, to your point, Randy, there is a, an amazing amount of curiosity and intelligence with, with young kids. And I think so much so often we kind of write them off like they're dumb. But I, I think there is a there is a, a wonderful beauty and creativity spirit within young people that I think if we just allow them uh, the, 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 the confidence and the freedom to, to explore this space, it's kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing to see what, the, what they're what they're capable of. Speaking of confidence and freedom, and maybe I'll throw stability in the mix, those words remind me, Joey, of Justin Falk, because it seems like maybe after having a year in St. Louis, he might have a little bit more confidence. And if he has some stability in his role, he have might have a little bit more freedom to be the player that he wants to be. He was actually on with Ribs and BK here on 101 ESPN this week, and he was very self-aware. He said, hey, listen, I just I need to play better. And that's the end of the story. So what do you think about Justin Falk? Do you think he'll be able to rise a little to the expectations that the blues have set for him this upcoming year oh i think so i think that i think that his you know that sophomore slump kind of saying uh, hopefully that was done his freshman year and you know we've mentioned it so many times but you know being in one organization for his whole career and then now switching over not only switching over but switching over to a team you know where your um all your peers are going to the white house for a stanley cup party and just doing the, the ring ceremony while you're at the hotel i mean it couldn't have been an easy adjustment um, for the pretty humble kid, I would say, from Minnesota, a good Midwestern boy. So I think that hopefully those growing pains are, are, are past him and beyond him. I think that he has recognized that there needs to be a whole other level to his game. I think we saw a spurt to that throughout the bubble. And, and to me, watching these games, guys, uh, I, I see the spurts and I see the confidence build in the bubble because two players of, in particular ahead of him were, were not playing their best hockey on every given night. So he was given more of an opportunity, and I think he really relished in that. And now with Alex Petrangelo being gone, more space has opened up on that right side. I think more opportunity will be given to him, and I think that he's the type of player that's going to kind of grab that opportunity you know, and run with it. And I think a lot of it comes down to coaching too. You know, Craig Berube and Steve Ott, uh, Mike Van Ryan, a lot of it's going to fall upon them to kind of what we were just talking about, to kind of give them the ability and the freedom to go out and to make mistakes, right? I think for a while there, players kind of get uh, trapped into this. They don't want to make a mistake. And I think when your confidence is low, you're afraid to make a play because you're afraid to make mistakes. You know, I had a wonderful conversation uh, with Ryan O'Reilly's dad, Brian O'Reilly, who is a life coach for the San Jose Sharks, amongst other teams. He also helps the Blues uh, players out individually a lot as well. And he talks a lot about the, the, the athlete psyche 
you know, for a player like Justin Falls, let's just take, for example, you know, sometimes coaches will watch a player who has a bad game and they'll take him into film and they'll show him everything wrong they did. And already the, the wheels start turning the players' brains that they got to change and they got to maybe avoid mistakes instead of just playing. You know, and Brian is an amazing, amazing human being because he recognizes uh, the amazing intelligence of all these players. And he said the worst thing coaches can do, and this is the problem in the NHL guys, and it's a problem across a lot of sports, especially youth sports, but the coach behind the bench, sometimes they're arrogant and ignorant enough to think that they know better than the 20 professionals that are sitting in front of them. And, that, and that's where bad coaches really get really come up. And I think that we are very blessed here in St. Louis to have a wonderful coach in Craig Berube who doesn't hammer kids and hammer guys when they make mistakes. He gives them the freedom. You know, he puts guys out on the power play. And, you know, you can't tell me that Craig Berube's mind is greater than the collective minds of Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, Colton Pareko, Tory Cruz. Right? There's no way. There's no way. So you got to give players that freedom. And I bring this up because I think Justin Falk, so much of his game improving this year is just going to be the mental space and the six inches between his ears. It's just going to be confidence. Confidence grows from players when they feel they can step over the boards and they have the freedom to make mistakes. And they're not going to be reprimanded for those mistakes because you're going to make mistakes. This is hockey. It's the fastest game in the world. I always say hockey players are, are the best problem solvers in, in the world next to the NASA astronauts. If they had to go to Pluto for a, a space thing and, and all the NASA astronauts chickened out, they go right to NHL players. Because NHL players are the quickest and most efficient problem solvers of anybody in this world because they played a game that's so fast and things happen so quickly and they had to make decisions so fast, right? So for Falker and for all these guys, they're making decisions quickly. You're going to make mistakes. You have to allow players to do that. Give them the freedom to make the mistakes because you know, in the long run, the long haul, they're going to make way more successful plays than bad plays. If, if Justin Falk can figure that out, I'm telling you guys, he's got the tools, he's got all the mechanics, he's got the shot, he's got the awareness, he's got it all. It's just about finding that confidence again, and that's a lot going to come from the coaching staff. So, Randy, what Joey's telling us is that we should have put hockey players and kids in a room, and they're going to solve all the all world's the problems. problems. In the world. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling you, if an asteroid, <laughs> if an asteroid ever comes, like don't send Bruce Affleck or Bruce Affleck. Who, who's uh, who's the guy? Ben uh, Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, don't, definitely don't send. Definitely, definitely don't send Bruce. Like, uh, don't, don't, I'm thinking Bruce Willis. Yeah, I did put them together. Uh, don't send Bruce Willis. Don't send Bruce Affleck, and don't send Ben Affleck <laughs> to go get that comment. You got to send. Got to send the hockey players. And, and my five-year-old, they're going to figure it out. They're going to drill, and they're going to explode that thing, and we're going to be good to go. I, I promise you guys. Hey, Joey, I want to ask you one more thing, because a real topic of conversation this week on the heels of Jeremy Rutherford's piece about Colton Pareko being a leader on this team, we've talked a lot about the pressure of being a leader. And I want you to either, if you agree or disagree, be honest here with my assessment. Feel free to disagree with me. I don't think real leaders feel the pressure to lead because I think that is just inherent. It's part of their personality that they just are leaders. And they're the people that put pressure on them, they don't feel it because that's just who they are. No, I agree. I, I agree. I, I, I will say I don't think leaders are necessarily born. I've seen Terrible leaders become great leaders. I've seen great leaders at a younger age become terrible leaders. I don't think it's something that's in your genes. I think leadership is something that uh, is groomed at a young age. And I think if you, you, you water that 
and you cultivate that, then you can become a great leader. And, and to me, Randy, I think that the, the best players and the best leaders I've ever been around in this game, uh, something just stands out about them. It's not, not their ability to play. It's not how they talk. It's not what they say. It's, it's not any of those things, right? To me, the greatest leaders, and this is what is so great about Colt Pareko and why I actually believe he will become an incredible leader here, the best leaders outside of hockey, but especially in the hockey that I've experienced, they put, they put, um, they put the service over themselves, right? They, they put others above themselves. So they're always looking out for them. They're, they're not they're a, a leader, a phony leader to me is always looking to be served when the best leaders I've ever been around look to serve others. And I think that's what's amazing about Colton Pareko. So to me, it's all really about personality and that characteristic of wanting to serve other people. Because whenever you're looking like, I'm the C, listen to me, I'm the boss, the top, you, you lose the room quickly. And I've seen rooms being lost very quickly that way. But Colton is such a, he's got so much humility about him. I mean, you see the way he treats kids. You see the way, you know, Randy and you, Michelle, myself, you see the way he treats broadcasters and fans and, and, and people who, seek, who are seeking autographs outside. I mean, he treats everyone with such a level of respect. And I think that that, to me, is what the players will recognize in his leadership ability, the, the fact that he looks out for other people. Because at the end of the day, you know, you ask why a group of people will fight for their captain. You ask a group of people why they will fight for their boss, and they all have the same answer. And the answer is, well, he would do the same for me. And I think when you have a group of people that want to fight for their boss because they know that that boss would always fight for them, that to me is what, what leadership's all about. And to me, I mean, that, that's got Colton Preco written all over it. John Kelly told a story on a broadcast a couple of years ago about how you guys were on the road and Colton was ha- helping the equipment guys unload the bags <laughs> from the truck and take them into a rink. You know what? He did do that. He did that 100%. And you know he probably, where he probably learned that from? I know we're getting tight on time, but i got to tell you this story. He probably learned that from one of the greatest leaders I also in the St. Louis Blues organization and Larry Robinson. Let me tell you a quick story. My first week when I became the Blues broadcaster two years ago, I'm in the locker room getting reacquainted with some of the players, meeting some of the other, other staff members and everything. And it's the first training camp day, and they're moving from the Mills downtown, the Enterprise Center. I see this old man. I see this old man lifting these bags on a cart and helping push this cart out. I thought I met all the equipment guys. And I asked Curbs, I go, who's this guy? He said, you don't know who that is? I go, no. He goes, that's Larry Robinson. Larry Robinson, who had won nine Stanley Cups up to that point. Now, of course, he has 10. But Larry Robinson, the all-time great player, plus minus leader in the NHL history, uh, one as a player, one as a coach, one as a front man. I mean, he, he is Mr. Hockey next to probably Gordie Howe and Bobby Orr and all those greats, right? And here he is, again, humbling himself, right, bending over at his old age and loading hockey bags onto a cart and helping Joel Farnsworth, the head big bear, the head equipment guy. And, and if you're a player and you see that, how does that not make you better? How, how, do you, how can you look at a legend like that who is literally humbling himself and getting down on his knees and helping the equipment guy's low bags? How can you look at that and that not just infect you and not make you just want to be a better person and want to help others? I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. So the Blues are just are so fortunate to have people like Larry Robinson and Colton Pareko and people that are just so willing – to drop on a knee and help the next person um, out around them. So it's just, it's a wonderful organization. What more can you say? And Joey Vitale too. Hey, great stuff. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Randy. And you and Michelle as well. And stay warm. It's getting a little chilly out there.
Yeah, too cold for me. Me too. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> See you, brother. That is our friend Joey Vitale on 101 ESPN. That's our trip into the Blues booth. Wow, what great stuff. How about that, Larry Robinson? Last week with Joey, it was an unbelievable vasectomy story. This mm-hmm. week, we got a Harvard study about manhole covers, a great story about leadership with Larry Robinson, and some really great insight into Justin Falk. He is a renaissance man. And by the way, if you have a three, four, five, six, seven year old at home, take advantage of their curiosity and ask them questions and help them solve your problems, whether it's a home problem or a work problem, because the creativity is just off the charts. We need to tap into that. We do. Our inner child creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my son, Patrick, is so, and he's 26 now, but he's always had that creative bent and he still is. He's maintained that. I wish I could have because I just don't have that level of creativity and just question asking like Joey has. Joey's question asking, his curiosity is fantastic. But think about as a kid, you have freedom throughout your day to play and to imagine. And so that creativity gets fostered in the way that your day is structured because you have to come up with things to do and to entertain yourself. So those cylinders are firing in your brain. Now all we're thinking about is running errands, going to work. I have to cook dinner. You know, we don't really have a lot of time in our day to build in time to be creative and curious. One of the things that John O'Leary wrote in his book is that workplaces need to incorporate recess. I'm so into that. Yeah, I agree. I would thrive at recess. That'd be great. (laughs) Hey, coming up, we've got The Fight with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.